0: You are listening to Foul Tips, your weekend podcast to catch you up on the week that was in the world of baseball. Let's do it. Well, here we go. Foul Tips, number 10, August 30th, uh, 2021. Summer's still going a little bit. uh, Long weekend for me, the way my work schedule works out. August 30th, if I'm not mistaken, is a close friend of mine growing up back in Fort McLeod, back in the homeland. Aaron Platts, we were inseparable as kids. We grew apart later on in life. Um, But anyways, happy birthday, Aaron. I saw him at a baseball game. I was uh, umpiring third base. He was sitting in the stands uh, on the patio at the at, uh, spit stadium the other night. Had a quick conversation on a foul ball that went over over the uh, the netting. Uh, I said, Aaron, you got to make a play on that. And it was really out of his uh, out of his range, I guess you could say. We're getting a little bit older. But uh, it was good to see you there back then, Aaron. Uh, I hope you have a happy birthday. But anyways, foul tips. The, the uh, weekend edition of the uh, 1420 Podcast Network. Uh, quite the weekend in baseball. They gave out a Little League World Series to a team from Michigan. Uh, Taylor, Michigan, I believe, won it. Uh, congratulations to them. Uh, I won't, don't want to say it's tainted because those kids, they, they won, but there was no international team. So, But you know what? You can only play who who's in front of you. Um, so congratulations to you guys from Taylor, Michigan, on your Little League World Series champion championship. No one can ever take that away from you. Um Busy week in the world of baseball. Busy week coming up in the world of baseball. There's some uh, really big matchups coming coming our way. You got the the angel or the uh, sorry Jesus Atlanta playing the Dodgers. I gotta slow down a little bit. Atlanta playing the Dodgers uh, in battle of first or first and second place teams. And you got battle of first place teams with Milwaukee and the Giants playing each other. Um, huge games. And on the American League side, you got Boston. And Tampa Bay playing each other, I'm a little bit torn on this on that matchup. Um, I'm going to say that the uh, chances of the Yankees winning the American League East are probably slim to none. I mean, you win 13 games in a row as they did in the past couple of weeks, and didn't make up any ground. They lost two games uh, over the weekend in in Oakland. Uh, great ball games all around. Probably should have won the one last night. The Yankees should have, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Oakland, they, they, they're a formidable team. They've always given the uh, the Yankees fits out there in uh, in California. The Yankees just didn't play well enough to, to win all four games. But the the biggest story of the weekend to me is that the Tampa Bay Rays just keep on chugging. They they didn't the Yankee like I said. The Yankees won thirteen games in a row, and they ended up losing ground on Tampa. Tampa did what they should have done and what every team should do. Tampa Bay went and won 18 out of 19 games this year against the Baltimore Orioles. We've talked about on this podcast and on the 1420 podcast a lot about how they're just an embarrassment to the league. In my opinion, um, they don't, it's not a competitive team. They're putting on, they're putting on the field out there. They're it's um, when the season started, they knew they they're going to be terrible and, and that's a bad that's a bad place to be. All those players are playing for contracts on, on different teams. They won't be there in a couple of years in, in Baltimore. They're hoping to, to play on the schedule and get caught on by somebody else and discontinue and their baseball careers. Anyways, but but you know what? You got to give Tampa Bay credit. They went and took took care of business, winning 18 out of 19. And there's your season right there. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, if you're for those who know me, um, an old saying of mine is, "You can't win the World Series in April, but you, sh- you sure can lose it." The with Tampa Bay doing what they're doing. I, I've also I've become a Tampa Bay fan for the next few nights with them playing Boston. That wild card game, I'm going to make the assumption that the Yankees just got to be status quo and play play well enough. Problem is, is that they're going to if they don't win the number one wild card spot and have the game at Yankee Stadium, one they're not as good on the road as they are at home. Nobody, nobody is. Two, the way it lines up now, it would probably be a Chris Sale versus a Garrett Cole matchup, and that scares me because Sale is on. I mean, he Tommy John surgery and the like, but man, that guy can pitch. And since he's come back, he's been uh, he's been something else. He uh, reminds me a little of, of Gavin Weir from the, the Little League team in South Dakota. I don't for those. I'll put it up on the Twitter account later on. But uh, Sale and, and this Gavin Weir kid have some pretty phenomenal numbers. But anyways, that one game matchup on a Tuesday night in October in the wildcard spot, if it's Weir versus – or not Weir, Sale versus Cole, God, you got to go with with Sale, how dominant he's been. A few years back, we were lucky enough to see him p- pitch on a Saturday night in the Bronx. Uh, we drank the, uh, the stadium out of Bud Light to, for a while there. But anyways, it's another story start for another day. But Sale is unbelievable. Um, left-handed pitcher, yeah, I mean the Yankees don't have a left-handed strong lineup, but he's just dominant. And I, I would give that that matchup to Sale over Cole. Um, Cole can get himself in trouble and gives up home runs early in, in a playoff game. In the stadium, one game winner take all. You don't want to get in that. That's why I'm kind of hoping that Tampa Bay – can take care of Boston this week and w- maybe win three in a row. Like I said, I, I think the division is out of reach for the Yankees. So Tampa, Tampa might as well run, run away with it and then let Boston and Toronto, maybe Oakland, uh no, not Toronto, sorry, Boston, the Yankees, and uh, and Oakland uh, take care of business a little bit and see where, where things are going to end up. The Yankees really need to have whole field advantage in that because they're, they're terrible at Oakland and they're not very good at, at Fenway. And that, like I said, that sale, that sale matchup scares me a lot. Losing those games, and they went in that bad streak, and they were forty-two and forty-one on July fourth, and they they've had a remarkable run, but it's just not good enough. Yeah, they have a pretty late schedule starting tonight in Anaheim. Then they do go to Baltimore. You got to think they got they got to win the next six in a row to make up some ground or to to dis, and distance themselves from Boston. Because, like I said, that matchup scares me a lot. And I wouldn't want to see uh, any of that happening. The other matchups that uh, this weekend should be a fun one. You got the Dodgers and the Giants. The Giants just aren't going away. But they're two and two and a half up on the Dodgers still. The Dodgers have been dominant in that uh, National League West for, I think, eight years. They won that, that division in a row. And nobody saw the Giants doing this. And if you said you did, you're, you're a liar. You, you're you're a flat outlier that you saw the Giants winning this division. I have some uh, relatives who are Giants fans and uh, and diehard Giant fans, which is strange because who likes the Giants? But the way they've taken care of business this year and go, gone gone about things, and everybody thought it was going to be a San Diego and a Dodger thing. San Diego's 13, 14 games out. I watched the game on uh, Saturday night when I was out in Salmon Arm picking mom up. She was out in Vancouver Island uh, visiting my brother and. And uh, my sister, which is nice for her to get away, first time since dad passed, but uh, uh, she got out there and had a good time. But anyways, the Padres are abysmal. Like for a team that was supposed to be right there, and the the lineup changes they made, and the signings that they made, I think they're 14 out right now, or 13 and a half. What's 13 and a half or 14? Who cares? If you're 10 out right now, you're screwed. So the, the Padres are the biggest disappointment with their with their great uniforms, but it's just it, it's, it's crazy to see that. Uh, that they're, they're, they're that bad. Atlanta, they're going to win their division. Um, the Mets, we'll talk about them in a second. The Mets tobacco The Mets were first place in August 4th, I think it was. Um, and have just fallen apart. They made some deals, made some trades, and just and ha- they haven't worked out for them. I, I don't, uh, the Mets, they're the Mets. I mean, as a Yankee fan, I can say they're the Mets. But anyways, it's going to be a good last month of baseball. Uh, each team's got about 30, 31 games left. It's going to be interesting. I don't. I think divisions are pretty close, wrapped up, except for the uh, the National League West. But Jesus, I just hope that the Yankees can distance themselves and get that home that home field advantage. And then that the last week of the season, if the if the Yankees are in, they they play Tampa the last week of the season. If the Yankees are three three out, do they start Cole on Sunday or see how the, the lineups match out? Or do you save Cole for that wild card game, or do you go for the division win? Because if you if you win the division, winning the division is very important because you don't have to use your ace. And it, if you go to AL, ALDS and got you or NLDS and you 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 can have your ace twice, game one and game five. Whereas if you're a wild card guy, you got to use your ace in game in the wild card game, and that's where the Yankees are. They're they're going to struggle. Other pitching staffs are stronger. We'll see how Kluber does tonight. But, anyways, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the the last week of the season. We're three weeks away from that. How pitching staffs are formulated. How days off are going to work with pitching because it's very important for both the Yankees and the Red Sox to make sure that Sale and Cole are available, respectively, to make sure that they have their guy. To win the wild card game or even get to the wild card game. because we don't know how the last week of season is going to wrap up. If I'm the Yankees and they're three out with three to go, which is hopeful they can still do it, you, you got to win the division. You got to win the division because you're, you're almost penalized by being in a wild card spot. That's my take on it, anyways. Uh, Final tips for part of the 1420 Podcast Network. It's the, uh, it's the weekend edition. My week, it's a four day or now, the way it works turned out. So, it's been nice. Summer's been—it's uh, winding down, but my God, it's been a beautiful, beautiful few days. Um, make sure when you guys listen to the show, you, you retweet and follow and, and talk to people and get us out there, and then give us give us a good rating on the show because that helps us get, go up the rating. So people, when they're searching for a baseball podcast or a sports podcast, it comes on first. So make sure you guys rate, tweet, retweet all the stuff. Uh, talk to people at the show because we uh, really appreciate the support so far. Hey, we're a year and a bit in. It's been a lot of fun so far, and we uh, got some th- good things planned for the uh, upcoming uh, few months anyways. Mm-hmm. All right, the uh, Rick Award, something we started doing back in early April there when the baseball season started. It's a little uh, brainwave that Dave came up with that I've uh, carried on the tradition of the uh, Rick Award. Uh, celebrating the greatness of Ricky Henderson. Uh, last week's winner was Andrew Velasquez of the New York Yankees for his return to, uh, to his hometown of the Bronx. Still, he's living in his uh, parents' house, uh, playing great baseball, stealing bases, playing great playing great shortstop for the Yankees. Uh, going to slow down a little bit, but he's he'll be there, I, I would assume, for the long haul for the, the, the playoffs. And when they expand the rosters to 28 and whatever it's going to be, it's not the 40-man roster like it was in years past. But Andrew Velasquez... Uh, 58% of the vote on uh, the uh, award underscore Rick on Twitter. Uh, So make sure you guys uh, check that out. Uh, Tonight's uh, nominees, uh, it's a two-pack this week only. Talked about him a little bit earlier on in the show. 12-year-old Gavin Weir from the South Dakota Little League team that went to the semifinals, I believe. But on the run that this kid had or this team had, this Gavin Weir kid who pitches a lot like Chris Sale, I saw him getting interviewed by John Smoltz on the MLB network the other day. Um, seems like a really nice kid, smart kid. Talked to his teammates a lot. He's a hell of a player. But uh, here's the run this kid had getting through the regionals and whatever else it happens to get to, to the uh, Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Seven no-hitters, 43 strikeout or 43 shutout innings, 114 Ks. Um, he fell a little bit short of a, of a no-hitter against Louisiana, he got pulled because of uh, a pitch limit they have in Little League Baseball to save kids' arms. He had 15 Ks versus Louisiana, ended up losing. But anyways, uh, a heck of a run by 12-year-old Gavin Weir. Uh, Probably, hopefully see him throughout, uh, see how his career advances. And he'll always be an esteemed nominee of the Rick Award, and who knows, he might even win a a Rick Award this week. So that's uh, nominee number one. Number two, uh, not because he's a Yankee now, but it was a, a response that I got from a friend of mine. He was uh, watching the game. I was out playing golf on Thursday night. Joey Gallo for the New York Yankees. In the second inning, he got called out on a terrible uh, call by Todd Tischer. It doesn't matter. What Some umpire made a really bad call. Pitch wasn't close. It wasn't a strike at all. He got rung up. Booney come out. Booney got junked. He's had a, a few choice words to say won't home plate umpire, which never goes very well. I still don't understand why why coaches come out. Maybe it's to get their, their team wild up, which this did. But anyways, Jeremy Randall, thanks for the uh, giving me the heads up to, to taking a note of this. He said this guy should be a, a Rick Award nominee. So there, therefore, he is this week. That's all it takes to get a hold of us. And we can, uh, we'll can we'll, we we'll review the tape. And if the guy's worthy of the Rick Award, they'll get nominated. Anyways, so Gallo come up, his next at-bat, and there was a pitch. was right down the middle of the plate. And Gallo teed off on this thing. It was a, it was a big fu moment for Gallo that I thought something Rick would do. Don't, uh, don't piss, don't screw with me. Here's what happened. So Joey Gallo, boom, got tossed. Gallo hit the home run. So there's my two nominees this week for the Rick Award: Joey Gallo, New York Yankees, and uh, 12-year-old Gavin Weir from South Dakota Little League team uh, for his outstanding performance leading up to the Little League World Series and in the World Series itself. Congratulations to you both. And like I said last week. Andrew Velasquez was last week's Rick award winner with 58% of the votes. I'm the greatest of all time. Usually during the, uh, 1420 podcast, and then foul tips, uh, the weekend edition of the 1420 podcast, the all baseball edition of the, uh, of the show that I do by myself. Usually Dave's uh, with me during the week. Uh, we're working our schedule coming up because, uh, He's got curling and things coming up, and I got work and stuff. But anyways, uh, usually it's a a Bud Light or a Hell's Basement kind of deal. Uh, Bud Light that never fills you up and will never let you down. But uh, over the weekend, I saw my brother for the first time in, Jesus, 10 months, I guess, almost 11 months, whatever it's been. And it was good seeing him, and uh, we had a tilted a few beers. But uh, he sent me a picture a while ago of this uh, Harbor Cats, which is a – the Victoria Harbor Cats, where he lives, Victoria uh, on Vancouver Island. Uh, They're a wood bat baseball team, collegiate summer league. They haven't played for a couple of years because of the COVID situation. And they played a mainly American based uh, uh, league, but they haven't played for a couple of years. But anyways, they were hopeful to get going this year and they didn't again because of the the situation, but they uh, they teamed up with uh, red arrow brewery at a Duncan BC um, created a beer that would be great at a ballpark. The cans uh, has the Harbor Cat symbol on it. Then it's got uh, the, the logo has a baseball on it as well. Um Fantastic beer. uh Harbor Cat ball, ballpark blonde. So I've been having a couple of those tonight. They're fantastic beers. Something on a hot summer night at a ballpark. Uh, most, I think other teams around the uh, WM, w, w, WCBL, the West Coast League and whoever else, they should follow the Harborcat's lead and get these beers going because uh, they, they'd be quite good in the stands on a hot night. And it's a good souvenir item to take home the can and everything else. So Harborcat Ballpark 1, if you're out in Vancouver Island, hunt these down. And if you, uh, if you see them, send me some. I can DM me on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Send me some. I'll pay for them, whatever. Or you can just give them to me because i put all the entertainment. The free entertainment I give you guys on a, on a weekly basis Anyways, um, Harbor Cat, Ballpark Blonde. Really good beer, really tasty, smooth, easy. Has a touch of that um, um, craft beer taste to it. But then once it starts going down the old throat, she's uh, very tasty. Anyways, Red Arrow Brewery, Duncan, BC, Vancouver Island. Anyways, the New York Mets are going to be the Mets. I talked about it for half a second earlier on tonight. They got in a situation where their, their kids... They're soft. They get butt hurt. Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor have not been playing well. The Mets were in first place uh, from May the 8th to August 6th. Uh, we're having a great season, and then things just went to hell just the way the Mets usually do. New York fans are New York fans. They're booing them. They, they don't put up with mediocrity, and they've, they've been getting booed. I, I don't know if... Uh, the Bronx cheer, but it's in out Queen, Queens, so same kind of deal, I guess. But, anyways, since this happened, there's been some interviews. Baez, he just he's only been there for three weeks. Why he's even spouting off about this? Then he was so they have this thing now. If they do something good, they put their thumbs down a la the Yankees did, but it was a a funny thing because there was a Mets fan booing the Yankees with the sums down I think it was 2017 there was t-shirts and the symbol and Todd Frazier and the whole thing it was a it was a rallying cry that the Yankees had this one's a pouty one that the that the Mets players have and ownership and management and everyone else come come back and uh, denounce to say hey these guys shouldn't be doing this they're professionals but Baez has been there for three weeks um, sat with his kid on his lap, which was a gutless move. To, you're not going to attack a, a player with his kid in his lap in a, in a post-game press conference. It's a gutless move on my on, on my thoughts. And he'll be gone in three weeks anyway, so what's he care? But Lindor's going to be there for 10 more years. He signed that huge deal, which I thought was going to be a good one. He's been terrible this year. But they've been getting booed relentlessly because they've been so bad. And New York fans are New York fans. That's, this is what they are. They do it in hockey. They do it in football. They do it in, in baseball this is what they do they boo I'm sure the Knicks get booed too in basketball so that's just what New York fans do they're they're a passionate fan, fan base but I I have a hard time with New York play athletes saying don't boo me it hurts my feelings and they're coming thumb, down to the, the the people who pay them their contracts they they, they pay them their their salaries they, they they come to the games they cheer in the good times and I think it's a fan's right don't be rude don't swear, but you know what? Booing. If you can't take the odd booing now and then, if you're if you're doing poorly on the baseball field, I think booing is appropriate. I I think it's a it's a nice way of voicing your opinion as a fan without being vulgar. Uh, do you want to hear it on a nightly basis? Probably not. But here here's the solution: players play better, play better, so you won't get booed. There was a there was a certain shortstop who's going to the Hall of Fame next week, and we'll will probably have an all Jeter show next weekend to talk about uh, the greatness of uh, Derek Chesterfield, uh, Jeter, as as Dave calls him, Sanderson, obviously. But uh, in 2004, Jeter said this, and I quote, I don't blame them because he got booed. I don't blame them. We would have booed ourselves too. It's hard to imagine being worse than we were tonight. Put me in the front of that line. At that point, when Jeter got booed, I mean, this guy was already going to the Hall of Fame. At that point, he had already won what four four World Championships by 2004. Uh, he was hitting 197, went over four that night. He ended up hitting 292 for, throughout the season, so he increased his 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 production by hundred points, I guess. Um, Twenty three home runs, so he ended up having a good season. If New York fans boo Jeter and those 2001 team, 2014, 2000 this, 2000 whatever. If Jeter's getting booed, Mariano got booed. I was there in in the Bronx when when Mariano got booed. Baez and Lindor are going to get booed too. Suck it up. Don't get butt hurt because you know what? Neither of you are Jeter and neither of you are Mariano. Especially Mariano. Especially Jeter. Either either or. So you know what? It's going to happen. Play better and don't worry about it. And to to try to denounce and, and talk back to the fans, it's a bad idea. And Cohen you got to get off Twitter man I know you're not, never going to hear this but new owner Steve Cohn, you got to get off Twitter because you're just pissing off the fan base as well that's my thoughts on the whole Mets thing but anyways that's uh, the Mets just shut your mouths play better baseball you don't get booed it's that simple it's not that hard no one booed me in a baseball field a long time got called a bum earlier this season but no one booed me anyways foul tips and the 1420 podcast we're everywhere where you get your podcasts I know you shouldn't blame the uh, downfall of your favorite team's demise or whatever it is on one player from an, another team, but could it be possible that uh, Paul Fry, a pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles, is the reason why the Yankees are, aren't, aren't going to contend for the, the division? The Yankees uh, are six games back right now of the uh, Tampa Rays. Uh, they're a great team, but hear me out. In the last five games against the Tampa Bay Rays, Paul Fry, pitcher, relief pitcher for the Orioles, listen these numbers: an inning in the third, complete over five games. So just do the math there. He didn't finish very many innings, very many games. Eight hits, seventeen runs. 15 no 15 earned runs 17 runs total in an inning and a third in the last five games the yankees are down six could paul fry be the reason why the yankees aren't going to win the division it's not his fault completely but it probably helps the situation so paul fry you're a guy who's not hot. You do a, who's hot, who's not. So, Paul Fry, you're the who's not. And I got to give the Yankees who's hot. I mean, it, it's a, you win 13 in a row, you win 13 in a row. So, that's the who's hot and who's not for this week. Uh, do one more little segment here. It's the uh, Today in Baseball History in my lifetime. Uh, I don't want to talk about in other people's life stuff that I would never have ever seen. But uh, there's there's a couple of, of cool ones. Um Today in baseball history, and this guy was an all-timer, Kirby Puckett, one of the greats. You remember seeing him jumping off the wall at the old Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome in in, uh, Minnesota. Uh, Great player. uh, Had some issues off the field that we learned about after the career was done. But nonetheless, uh, Kirby was a great player. Today in in baseball history, 1987, Twins outfielder Kirby Puckett in a 10-6 victory over the Brewers, collects six hits and drives in four runs the future Hall of Famer, 6-for-6 six six day at Milwaukee's County Stadium with two homers and two doubles. Um, Puckett was great. Great to watch. He's a little guy who moved around the field really well. Another one, uh, Toms River, New Jersey, becomes the first American team since 1993 to win the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Chris Cardone, uh, I bet he was Italian. Hey, Cardone, hits home runs in a consecutive at-bats, including a game-deciding two-run shot in the sixth. Beating Kashima, Japan, 12 twelve nine. That little league team uh, included Todd Frazier, who played for the Yankees and the Mets. But he's the guy who brought the uh, the thumbs down that we talked about earlier. It was a fun thing with the Yankees, but uh, Frazier was a, he was a great Yankee in that great two thousand seventeen that lost those no good cheating Astros. But anyways, that's uh, neither here nor there anymore. Anyways, fun show tonight. Research was fun. Baseball's great. Coming down the nitty-gritty, one month left. Lots of good uh, games, lots of eventful games this week. So there's there's games that don't matter. There's games that matter a whole bunch in the coming week. Make sure you watch uh, and come back with me. Vote for the Rick Award. It's the uh, the kid from uh, Gavin Weir from South Dakota and Joey Gallo from the Yankees. So vote in the Rick Award. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you get your podcasts like share follow uh subscribe on on our the uh the podcast apps where we listen to us we're everywhere Uh, as you guys know listens and talk to people on the show we always like new new listeners so make sure you guys uh spread the good word of the 1420 podcast and a foul tips dave and i'll be back tomorrow night uh the 1420 podcast on tuesday hey everybody thanks for listening and we'll talk again tomorrow night